You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session 20. So excited for you to listen to this one. I think this is a really interesting conversation on what support looks like in your business. And I don't even just mean team and I don't mean coach really. So I feel like this is a really interesting conversation on the other things that support and are supportive of you as a business owner. So I'm really excited for you to dive in to hear about this because obviously team coach, et cetera, are really important and part of it. But I think there are also these pieces that often get forgotten or left out. And I think this is a really exciting opportunity to dive into that and see that through someone else's eyes and be able to identify like, oh, I could feel even more supported by these things in my business. I might want to add these in, or I might already have them and I'm not seeing that as such a solid support and I can lean into that more. So excited for you to listen to this, listen with that in mind and excited to hear what y'all think about this session. Hello. Hi. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm actually am doing really well and I'm also really sad at the same time. Yeah. What are you really sad about? Well, without getting into like the specifics of it, there's just like a big change happening in my family. Oh, yes. Yes. Which mm-hmm. I won't say what that is. Cause that's not really like my story to tell. Yes, totally. Um, but yeah, just kind of dealing with feelings and emotions there. And yeah. Also at the same time, like everything in business is like great and everything at home is great. And I feel just like a little, you know, Maria, from Von Trapp family, super nanny slash dog mom. You sing to them, obviously. 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 Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I think that you also just got this information. So it's like, you're just still very much in the thick of processing said information. Yeah. Are you taking time to do that? I mean, I found out at like 9 p.m. and it's last night and it's 2 p.m. today. So I haven't had a ton of time because the dogs and I all slept in until 10 a.m. like fucking bosses. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll do some of that this weekend. Okay, good. Yeah. I think what's just helpful here that I just want to name is just that personal shit happens to all of us. We all go through times where we have to balance what it looks like to show up for the business and ourselves and our family and create time to process and support in whatever ways that we need to. And again, I think it's just helpful. Like one of the points of literally is just normalizing that, right? I think it's not important what is happening to Sabrina, but it's important that even at that certain level, stuff impacts us, stuff happens, right? I think that sometimes there's almost this like mystical thing of like, once my business is making millions, like nothing will ever bother me, get to me, show up in my world that feels challenging, etc. And I think the truth is like, none of us are immune from the human experience. It happens all the time to all of us in all different ways. And I think it's just about how we navigate it, right? And how we resource ourselves within that. And so just wanna name that for you. I think that, you know, so often, so much personal development accidentally, or maybe on purpose, I don't know, gets positioned as a way to bypass the human experience. And what I'm always kind of wanting to remind us is that it just makes your human experience potentially better, right? So if Sabrina has the support and time and space and resources to process this, things can be better, right? But it's still there. It's still happening. We're still human. We're still experiencing these things. So just a little permission if you have something going on that is okay. It happens for all of us. It shows up for all of us. That does not mean you are doing something wrong or not like in the perfect energy. It means you're a human in this 3D reality on planet Earth. Welcome, right? We're all doing the things and it's normal no matter where you're at. Okay, so tell me what's on deck here. 
Well, so my content person is back. They had been off for six weeks and they're officially back. And I had a meeting with them yesterday to get everything rolling. So that is looking excellent. So the April, May, and June content calendars are all in process. April will be done by the end of this week. May will be done by the end of next week, which is kind of disgusting and gross at the same time. Those are two words for the same thing, but you know what I mean? And yeah, we're putting out, it looks like 153 pieces of content on average every month. So good. Okay. So that feels more on track and not on you. Yes, correct. 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 So that feels good. Back to going to the podcast studio ton. I recorded four episodes on Monday. I'm going again on Friday and I'll record six. I have plans. So we're really kind of back to crushing it on all fronts. Yeah. Does it feel good to say that? Mm. It does. And I made 11 freezer burritos last night. I mean, that's the epitome of crushing it. I know. Fuck your podcast. You made 11 freezer burritos. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I feel, I feel really good about everything. So something I just want to name here is how Sabrina had mentioned earlier, she has 153 pieces of content going out each month. She has 2000 to repurpose and just how valuable it is to see content as an actual asset in your business. That's something I'm always trying to talk about, remind people of is content isn't just like a one and done thing. It is truly an asset that you have like on a shelf in your business, right? If you had a product business, it would be like having a warehouse of product, right? Like you wouldn't be like, oh, we need to make new product if you have a whole warehouse sitting there, right? And you would like take care of the warehouse. You wouldn't just like forget to turn on the air conditioning or let it burn to the ground or whatever, right? And so I think seeing content as a service provider, as a creator, as part of that can be so valuable because it's what helps you leverage things later in your business. It's what supports you when you are going through personal stuff like we were talking about, right? And so much more. And so you don't need to have 153 pieces of content going out each month to get results, but you also don't want to create 150 pieces of content that you never get to reuse, that never becomes part of your content bank, that never sees the light of day again, because that's not capitalizing on an asset. That's just wasting time and energy in your business. So just wanting to name this is not like a requirement for success to have this much content, but also if you're going to keep creating, you might as well build a system and a warehouse, so to speak, that really, really supports you in being able to leverage what you're creating. Um, I made the switch that we talked about either in the last session or the session before about switching to like quarterly intensives versus like three times annual two-day virtual retreats. Yes. For the Millionaire Mastermind and everyone is super excited about that. Um, and I think it also just like logically makes sense since we plan quarterly anyway to do them quarterly as opposed to like three random dates during the year. Yeah. So that feels great. And then also I feel like we, since we have more of those touch points, it's like another marketing piece of like, oh, you want to get in for the Q3 intensive or, oh, you want to get in for the Q4 intensive or whatever it is. So that feels good. Yeah. Everything is going really well. The workshop is on Monday and that is selling really well. We're going to cross our hundredth podcast episode I think at the beginning of June. Mm, okay. What do you want to do for that? Well, the first thing is I, mean, I, I know you up. have the topic, but yeah. Yeah. I've got the topic, but like I fucked up because when I was doing like the numbers, cause you put like episode 80, 81, 82, whatever on one of them in my planning, I did the same number for two episodes. Mm-hmm. So I've now fixed it. But the problem is that I always do like a longer teach episode on the Mondays. And then on Wednesday, it like cycles through CEO confessions, client crush case studies, and mindset reset. So previously this episode was on a Monday. So that matches our process really well. Now it's kind of bumped to a Wednesday. So, but there was already something for that Wednesday. So I'm wondering if I should just drop two on the Monday or like as part of that week, just do like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that nothing else kind of fucks up that week. I feel like, I that like Monday, sense. Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm. Yeah. That's what I thought. So we'll go ahead and do that. Cause I think otherwise it's just going to get kind of sloppy. Yeah. So I'll, I'll stick that in the calendar then and get that fixed. 
Uh, but yeah, or maybe I did not fuck it up, but I think, yes, I did. But yeah, so I need to, I need to just kind of go through my air table. My air table is a work of art and I'm extremely, exceptionally pleased with it. We have you love an air table. I do. I do. But mine is like scary good. Like I could be hired by the government to build like large pieces. <laughs> But yeah, so we've got over 2000 pieces of content to repurpose. And that's like, just like feed posts. That's not like podcast episodes or emails or anything else. And then when I met with my content person, they were like, do you want me to write a bunch of new content? And I was like, absolutely fucking not. Like, let's just reuse the shit out of what we have. Like we can start writing new stuff for like, let's say Q3, but for Q2, I just want the whole thing done. And then also just want to train her to like, curate content as opposed to constantly having to create. So like, let's say I did want to take a month off of creating content. Cause let's say it's December and I don't want to be involved in that process. Then she knows how to like select and curate content for me. Totally. Like you just want the process to feel like a well-oiled machine before you need to add anything else to it at this point. Correct. So yeah. So everything is looking good. I recorded my birthday podcast episode and I did think it was a bit chaotic, but like in a fun way. Cause I, I did it on like, you've been looking for chaos. This is great. Not like I'm intentionally trying to create chaos. I think it was more just cause like the whole point was like, here's my 30 before 30 list. And like the whole thing was like, I actually have no fucking idea. Like this list is not finalized. Like here's some random ideas. If you have any ideas, let me know. Like maybe send me an Instagram message. So that's cute. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be fun. I think your list was so good too. Yeah. So it'll be fun. I actually yeah. like you shared it with me as a note, you know, and I was like going through my notes, looking for something the other day. And I'm like, Oh, I made a 30 before 30 list. Like, I don't even remember doing that. And I was like, Oh, this yeah. is not mine. <laughs> yeah. I think that like letting yourself have some of those that are like fun, chaotic, messy is good for you. Yeah. So I feel good there. Okay, good. Okay, so Monday is the training. Yep. Six-figure roadmap. Correct. Pitch to wealthy. Correct. But like we should talk about like what is the sales strategy off of that? Yeah. Yes. Well, what I am having my content do is one of the cool things about Airtable, I won't give all my secrets away on the podcast because you can just come to like my content training. But um, basically what you can do is... (laughs) create like linked fields that it like scraps data and just like auto populates it. So I told her I want like, let's say 10 standard millionaire promo posts, 10 standard wealthy promo posts, which we already have them. We just got to hunt them out of the content. Yeah, yeah. Bank them up. But then you can just like link that post and it just like auto grabs the content yeah. in a really plain way that feels slightly easier than like doing it from a Google doc. But yeah, so we're just going to start doing that really consistently. Same thing with the stories and what else? Yeah. All of that feels good. That's at the end. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do I look pleased? <laughs> you know. No, I think that you're getting back on like doing these trainings consistently. So I think what we want to also get back onto is like, what's the sequence off of them. And after that, because I feel like you haven't really done that to this point, which is fine. You make the sales, but like how much money are you leaving on the table by not like, seeing that through. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you have the fucking content. I mean, we're just talking about content, but you have like a million emails too. It's just about like getting these together and up and running. But I think that that would be like relatively simple because you're not having to focus on the feed post content for this. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Why do you seem like a no? I hear yes. I feel no. (laughs) I had just kind of like planned on pitching like wealthy the rest of the month. So I don't have like something specific for like after like just pitching to the people on the workshop, if that makes sense. Like I was just going to pitch to everybody. Well, let's talk about that. Like why not pitch the people on the workshop, some kind of like bonus or deal or something. I just don't want to. Cause if I do these all the time, then I'm going to feel like I'm going to have to have a bonus all the time. You don't have to have a bonus all the time. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to have one today. Okay, why? Because they get to work with me as the bonus. <laughs> You're the bonus. Yeah, but also I just don't want to have to like build out some sort of bonus delivery automation or system or backend or whatever. Like, yeah, 
I mean, there's a pay in full bonus. So I can like advertise the shit out of the pay in full bonus. And like, I can yeah. say like, the other thing is like, we're going to do 10 K May. So they get free access to 10 K May as part of being a part of the program. So I feel like that's more of like the marketing point I want to take of like, you should join to get access to all these things instead of like you get an additional free bonus that nobody else in the program gets. Cause I feel like that defeats the point. Yeah. Is not that, that nobody else gets. No, I think it's just giving them urgency is the point. So if it's like 10 K may, and then it's also a painful bonus that you can really talk up. Like, I think just adding some of that urgency is smart and useful here. So one of the reasons I was kind of harping on Sabrina, having that urgency, having an email sequence, all of those things is because if you're going to put in the work of doing a training, promoting it, running it, showing up for it, all of the things, you really want to make sure that the rest is there to support the effort you're putting in. So this is really just that reminder to all of you, like, yes, it's so great to show up and deliver and teach for free. I'm such a proponent of free value, but please make sure that you have a great sales path on the back end of that to make that time worth it. Whenever I kind of hear people being like, oh, people don't buy when I give free value, I'm so burned out on giving value-based content, blah, blah, blah. My first question is always like, well, what are you doing on the back end of that? Like, are you as prepared on the back end to sell as you are on the front end to deliver the value, right? And so really making sure, and again, Sabrina gets to use assets here, right? But really making sure that you're focused on that in your own business, I think is so important. Don't put so much into the value and delivery that you completely forget to put a lot into like the sales process afterwards, right? And that doesn't mean make your delivery shit and have it be all sales. That's certainly not it either, but it is really kind of challenging yourself as a CEO to say, if I'm going to put time, energy, and effort here, I really want to make sure I have something set up on the back end where that feels like a juicy, even exchange and where I want to keep doing that again and again. Okay. So is that like an acceptable answer then? Yes, absolutely. Cool. But what was not acceptable about that answer is not just being like, I'm just going to sell it all month. Like, I do think we need to get like an email sequence off the, I have an email sequence. Okay. So that's good. Done. Locked and loaded. Like you have it, you know where it is. It's set up. Correct. So, and cause I went over all of that in my meeting yesterday. Okay. I do have to pick one additional podcast episode because I rearranged all my emails or my, you know, how I moved to my podcast episode around. Yeah. Now I've, now I've got to change because now it's on the Tuesday. Now I need a third one for Q2 and then I'm finished. Oh, like in place of that basically. Yeah. For that Monday slot. What is that falling around? Like what's the date? It is going to be June 26th. And we don't know what we're doing in June yet. We might do rich girl. No, let me just scroll through what I've got here. I like the bird bag one I'm going to do. One that we had put as a potential, but we didn't slot into the calendar was how I sell six figure packages in the DMs. I don't think it needs to be DM specific, but like maybe like six figure packages. And I feel like the point of the conversation is people are going to be like, here's how I sell hundred K package. And it's like, no, here's how you deliver hundred K in value. So I'm going to trick them. What do you think? <laughs> I like actually specifically the DMs though, because I feel like that's a great teachy podcast that's like super specific. I like that. Cool. So I've slotted that in and that decision is made. Yeah. Yay. Done. Done, done, done. Okay. So what is June though? It's a good question. So we know what April is, you know what me is. What's the thing for June? Probably millionaire would be my guess. I mean, I feel like it's just going to be both the things at all the time. So like what's kind of, Oh no, I meant like the training, like what's our thing. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, like we have maybe sold out for your roommate. Yeah. yeah. Probably. I would say like sold out sales. You don't love that. I'm just trying to think if I love that for like a more of like a folly kind of launch or if I love that for like a summer launch. Okay. So tell me what my options are. I will tell you what your options are. There's very many. Very many. You have to hold your, hold your commentary until the end. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Millionaire Mindset Workshop, Manifestation Challenge, Making Millions Masterclass, Sold Out Secrets, the Launch Tell All Content Planning Workshop, Iconic Irresistible High Ticket Sales Queen, Like a Boss, Become a Mastermind Millionaire, CEO Summer Camp. Oh, we have CEO Summer Camp. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Friday Boot Camp, Holiday Business Bundle, How to Have a Six Figure Launch, Six Figures Made Simple, Six Figure September, Abundant AF Launch, Baby Launch, Sold Out Sales, Social Start Your Business Academy. And yeah. So CEO Summer Camp. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sounds good. And all the okay. branding was done for that last year. Do you have all the stuff done for making millions masterclass? Yeah. All of that's already done. We first ran that program in September, 2020. I would so like that for a lead up to sold out sales. Cause we actually haven't done it like that. We've, I feel like we've traditionally done sold out sales more like a lower level lead up. And I actually like that one. Okay. I can do that. Maybe you do that in August. Okay. And then we do, you know, like we could do the launch in September, but yeah, I think that makes sense. Mm. I'm working on creating a system where we sell something every three weeks. Yeah. Where it's basically like promo something for two weeks and then like it happens, promo something for two weeks and then it happens. And like that's kind of a cycle period. Yeah. I feel good about that. What is the plan for like summer? Like, are you just going to do wealthy and millionaire or do you want to do something else? Um, we'll do CEO summer camp. I will probably add in something like become a mastermind millionaire, like a boss. I also might just sell some of the replays from last year and then just like make them available instant access to the wealthy people. I really like that idea. I think something small over the summer would be great too. Yeah. I really like that. And you haven't done anything with the replays at all. I don't think, right? No, I haven't. Okay. So replays like a bundle basically. Yeah. Okay. Good. I wonder if that's like your July thing. Mm-hmm. Cause you'll just see a summer camp in June. That can be your July thing. And then making millions of August. Yeah. So I really want to name how cool it is that Sabrina is, you know, sharing all of these assets that she has. And I really want to say like, Building these matters so much, like we were talking about before, right? It's what's allowing her to just go, oh yeah, I'll just make a paid bundle for July, right? It's what makes all of this stuff so easy. But on the flip side, it's also why there are often seasons of building in your business that lead to this easeful place. Like, I don't know how many things she just named, like 20 maybe, right? That means she created 20 things, you know, over time. And so I think where we often get confused is we hear other people talking about how it's so easy and they're just throwing a bundle together and they're just showing up and it's like not that big of a deal and they work 20 hours a week or whatever it is. And we're like, oh my God, but how? And this is the thing that I want you to see behind the scenes. Like this is the but how. This is years of assets that Sabrina has created, but not only has she created, but she has saved, categorized, made a list of, had branding for, like has it in Airtable in a way that she can access, right? So that's another really important piece of this. It's like, yeah, sometimes there is going to be a season of building in your business where maybe you're not just like cruising on 15 hours, but if you do it right, if you leverage it in the right ways, there can be plenty of seasons later in your business where this gets to all serve you and support you in a big way, right? Like these aren't things that Sabrina is just, you know, randomly pulling out. They're like assets that are massively supporting her and her business that make it so easy to be like, okay, May we're doing this, June we're doing this, July we're doing this, great, great, great. Like so quickly to have a bundle that can be ready so easily. So just a reminder, this may be the season you're in and maybe it's time to lean back and leverage stuff or maybe you're in the build season, but don't make that wrong, right? Just because you're maybe working a little more or a little harder in that season, know that this can be what you're working toward if you're doing it with intention and both are right and both give you the ultimate business that you're after. Are you writing that down? No, but I know that you always take notes, so I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you don't write stuff down, it means you're not taking me seriously. No, it just means that I respect you and the hard work you put into writing on your pink notepads. That I don't want to steal your thunder. Okay, fine. I feel like it'd be really on brand for you to have like a fuzzy pen, you know? Like it really a, would. Glitter rainbow thing. 
with like a unicorn horn coming out of it or something. I know. I feel like I really missed the mark in this. That's why I got Bennett a unicorn book for Christmas. He loves that. He still plays with that. That That was more for you than it was for him. Kenny got him this like unicorn thing for his bath that lights up. And he was like, instead of being like, I got Bennett a bath toy, he was like, I got you a bath toy. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, I'll work on a sparkly pen. Okay, good. So we're planned. Yeah. You can tell your content person this too, which is probably helpful that they're like going into that. So we can have those done. That's kind of what I'm doing. Like I've just decided like, power went. That's crazy. I kept my recording going. So I have some commentary in there. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Is that going to be a surprise for me? Or are you going to tell me? Oh, I just said that, um, you know, like I'm in charge now. It says I'm the host. Thank you, Zoom, for recognizing my authority. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said that, let it be known that I petitioned for a second season, but Lacey shot me oh, down. No. So their pitchforks on her. Oh no, everyone's going to come for me. Okay. But technically that's, there is a version of that coming. We won't spoil the surprise, but. Mm-hmm. There was like that movie that they made where they like followed the same kid for like 30 years. It could be like that. Right. Mm. Yeah. Like a little weird French art house film. I like that. It's just like a really deranged, unhinged podcast. I'm so in. Yeah. The literally spinoff. Exactly. I do want a spinoff. Great. Okay, cool. Awesome. So back to world domination. So what I was saying is I've kind of just set it up with my content person slash team of like, schedule everything for the launch, do everything for the launch. And I'll just like show up and be the talent, which I have put in a ton of work over the last seven months, eight months systems wise to make that possible. Cause I feel like sometimes where like it slows down is like people need the CEO to make like strategy decisions, which I think that's the point. I sometimes get frustrated when clients are like, I want my OBM to tell me what to do. And it's like, great, give her all your money. Like give her your business. But like, that's not the point. Like you still have to come up with a strategy. They can obviously advise, but like they're there to execute. You still have to like lead and be in charge, but I've gotten it to a point where like all of the strategy decisions have already been made and like everything's in an SOP and everything's organized and everything's tagged and everything's labeled that it's not so much about like creating the launch. It's just like curating and assembling. 100%. And project managing, which I think is like the most important part that like you don't want on your plate. So Sabrina said, be the talent here. And this is something I say to my clients a lot and something that I often challenge them around as it relates to their team. And so I want to mention a little bit about what she meant on that, but I think it can sound so almost like bratty or, you know, silly, especially if you're like, oh my God, I'm not talent, but it's such a helpful way to think about your business. So like if you were, you know, the lead in a movie, you wouldn't like show up and do all the pieces of that, right? Like you wouldn't like set the scene and like, set up the camera and all of these things, right? Like you would show up as the talent and operate in that way. And I think in our business, we really have to think about that. Like your talent serving your clients, creating content. So you might not be like setting up the, you know, back end pages to be able to go live on Zoom just to do that, right? And it's like, what equals needs my talent versus what equals like someone needs to like set this up and put it in a position for me to come in and be the talent. So if you can think about that more and more as you delegate, it's actually really helpful. Like what I try to think about is what is something that I have to do that no one else can do? And that's what I want to put my time and energy towards. That to me is what being the talent is and really like being willing to kind of hold yourself to that standard of like, Hey, I really shouldn't be setting up the camera here, so to speak. Who can I delegate this to on my team? Why do I think that I can do that better when what I really need to be doing best is being the talent? So again, can be sort of a funny way to say it, but can also be a really great way to play with it and to challenge yourself to be thinking about it in that way. Because when you can get your business to a point where that's your job, it's amazing how much quote unquote talent you can really bring to the table. I got an OBM. Tell me. So... I hired someone internally from my team um, who has been a client of mine for four years and has been a team member of mine for two and a half, three years. Is it who we talked about? It is. Okay. 
Yeah. So oh, I'm so happy. Me too. So and she was like very into it. Yes. Good. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Cause this person's been with me as a coach, like I've coached them and they've seen the client side, but they've also seen like the team leader side. So yeah, my brain and they teach my curriculum for me. So they know how I think about things like yes. on a very, very deep personal level. I think there's something so beautiful about being able to like, I mean, I, this is like not the exact reason, but like promote from within, right. Kind of like a bigger business philosophy. What's that? I think it's Costco. I might be wrong, but I think it's Costco, but it's like basically any of their executive levels had to have started as a store manager. Oh, I love that. You have to like work in a store and run a store. And I think that's just so effing smart, right? Because it's like, when you've like done the things, it's easier to manage the things when you've never done the things, you just have an entirely different view as the manager. So the fact that it's someone that like has done multiple things in your business and had multiple experiences in the business has taught the curriculum, I think is so incredibly valuable for like what you're looking for here. Yeah. In my experience, the best OBMs that I've had have always started off as like entry-level VAs and like they've had to leave for various reasons, like go have more kids or, you know, one of them got sick, wanted to focus on their health, things like that. So that obviously has not been ideal, but just the experience prior to that was always like really, really, really positive. Totally. Oh, I'm so excited. So you like crushed your deadline. It was supposed to be end of April. It's like beginning of April. I know. Ah, yay. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't tell me this. Were you waiting to tell me it on here? I set that all up yesterday. Okay, good. I think that just like a lot happened yesterday. So like family and then number one thing on your brain. And then that. So just kind of going through it all in order. Well, congrats. It's a big deal. Okay. So when are we making the transition? Immediately. They've already started. Good, good. And then do you have to replace the other role or do you feel like she's going to kind of like hold dual roles at this point? She'll do both. Yeah. And we also have additional people in that role anyway. So it's not like it's all on her. Yeah. yeah. We, We have a ton of support coaches and the other one has actually been with me longer than she has. Yeah. So she's very experienced and that coach, the other one had been on maternity leave for a couple of months and she just started again in January. I think she took like four or five months off. And she's now that she feels like she's kind of got the hang of like motherhood and she's more in like toddler phase than baby phase. She's been wanting more responsibility anyway. So there is room there to kind of give her that additional responsibility if she wants it. Oh my gosh. Yay. Look at everything always working out perfectly for you. I know. I always get what I want. Okay, good. What do you want next? Maybe to move to the United States. (laughs) Great. That's what I want. I, uh, I always feel like I want to move to the U S after I go visit family. Cause I'm sad. Yeah. And then as, as I get home, I'm like, whatever, I don't care. And I think I, I had this knowing of like, it's probably going to happen one day, just like as parents get older and like family grows up and things like that. And then this week I've just kind of realized like, Oh shit, that's now, you know, like that, yeah. that's not a thing that's coming in 10 years. Like it's, it's happening right now. Yeah. It's also, you know, you're thinking about family in a different way too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just got back from my maternity leave with Clyde. Uh, <laughs> whew, tough. Saw firsthand what it's like not to have family support when it comes to like little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, no, now, I mean, now I feel great. Now I feel like I'm like the dog whisperer, but it definitely is tough. And I think because Paul's been gone now for two weeks in Australia. Yeah. He'll get back in two weeks. And this time it's so much different compared to last time. Like last time my eyes were bleeding. I couldn't sleep. Like I was wearing like the same clothes three days in a row. And now it's just like so efficient and organized and everyone's happy. And like, I just have a little, I should do this as a clip in, but I'm going to not. Okay. Remember when I was saying to you, are you going to change your outfit and brush your hair? And you acted like I was psycho. You just admitted that you had not changed your outfit in three days. So that happened once. I'm not saying it was every three days. It was. <laughs> <laughs> 
But also like I live in Scotland. I don't sweat. Like I don't, if I'm not leaving the house, you know, cause Clyde at one point couldn't walk outside cause of, he didn't have all his vaccines yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm just yeah. You. But yes, you're doing so much better and it's so different, but it doesn't mean it wouldn't be nicer to have support too. Right. Yeah. But also like freezer burritos changed my life, you know? Cause I feel like the other thing is like when Paul left the first time in January, I was like, Oh, bye. I'm just going to hang out with these two cute little dogs. Welcome to hell. So this time I was like, here's all of the things I need you to do for me. I was like, here's my honey do list, like errands, like grocery runs, like cleaning up like outdoor house shit, you know, outside yard men area things, just like all of this stuff meal prepped like a motherfucker, like everything. And it just really made it so much easier. I think just planning ahead, which you can add a clip in about how this mirrors like content banks and working ahead in your business and like blah, 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 and all of that shit, you know, cause people are like, Oh, I want to write content the day of, otherwise it's inspired. My freezer burrito tastes the same fucking good the day I hate it as the day that I made it. Okay. Tastes the same. Tastes just as good. The ultimate Sabs analogy. Write that down. That's your next post. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like dumb though. Like if your content is only good the day that you wrote it, it's not that fucking good. Yeah, it's so true. That's you know? actually you should actually write that down. That's very good. Yeah. Your content's only is good, only good the day you wrote it. It's not that good. Yeah, listen, I think there's a difference of like something feels alive in you and it's easier to write and it's easier to create, which is like great if you have a foundation to fall back on when something doesn't feel alive in you, right? Like yeah. I think it's a totally different thing, kind of like the burritos. Like you sometimes still love to cook and that's your thing. And so you might still cook, but it's nice to know the yeah. freezer burrito is there if you don't feel inspired to cook that day. Yeah. But I think also just like, sometimes there's like bandwidth things. Like I, like I'm a huge fan of super cubes, which are these like little freezer things where you can like freeze things in portions. Like my freezer is like a gourmet grocery store. It's like homemade soups and homemade broths and freezer burritos and muffins and egg bites and bolognese and blah, 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 blah. So like, I kind of have to choose right now. Like my husband is gone. You know, my housekeeper again is kind of like sick all the time. So she's coming like one or two days a week, not four days a week, like we had planned, but I don't even notice, but I do have to choose. Like, do I walk the dogs or do I cook, you know, for two hours and then clean up the dishes? I'm obviously going to walk the dogs and then like run my business and take care of myself and all that other stuff. So it just helps to have a backup. And it helps to know that you're supported in that way. Like, even if like right now you don't like live around family that's supporting you, like you're supported in other ways, like you're supported with your freezer burritos or your content or whatever else. I think like we underestimate the value of how supportive it feels to have Mm -hmm. those things done and like ready and waiting for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels, it feels good. Things are much smoother this time. And I think part of that was just like the age, you know, Clyde was a tiny little terrorist and now he's like a T-Rex, you know, it's just a little velociraptor, but uh, he's my velociraptor. So this is really what I was talking about in the intro, truly having support in whatever way you can, right? Whether it's freezer burritos, content you can repurpose for a long time, team, whatever, right? Like, look at all the ways you can feel and create support in your life, in your business. It does not just have to be through great coaching, right? Although yes, it should and can be an amazing part of it. It can also be through things like having meals made in advance, asking your partner for support, having, you know, help around your home, different things like that, right? That all lead to you truly feeling supported. Having amazing content that you can use again and again is support. So when you can lean into the feeling of all of those things, being part of your team, part of your support, I think it gets really juicy. When you're not seeing those things as support, I think it can kind of feel like, oh my God, I'm not supported in all the ways I need to be. But when you can kind of start going, oh wait, no, my content really supports me. Oh, this freezer right now really supports me. It's just amazing what kind of feelings you can cultivate from that. And, or you're listening to this being like, wait, I don't have any of that support. And that's something I need to start building for myself. That's great too, right? It does not have to look like 
you know, go hire a full-time like house manager necessarily. It might look like I make myself more freezer burritos, right? Or it might look like I save my content in a, you know, spreadsheet or Airtable or whatever more so that I have more support in that area, right? But the thing I want you to see here is that there are lots of ways to be supported and sometimes we kind of need to look outside the box for what that is. But having that as a business owner is absolutely crucial and it's what can make such a difference in how you move forward, right? Before when Paul was gone, Sabrina didn't have like the food, didn't have the team support, her content person was off. Like all of those things made it so difficult. And while these can feel small, having that quick shift to be in a totally different situation the second time is so cool and so amazing. And so just remember you can create that for yourself too. Okay, so tell me about moving to the U.S. again. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I did email an immigration attorney, but like to be fair, I've emailed her once a year for like three years in a row. She's like, and here's this check again. Yeah, and it's always like the same time of year. It's always like February, March, April. So I didn't even reply to that email chain because I was like, I hope she doesn't fucking remember me. <laughs> You're like, hi, I'm new here. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I think it's hard because you aren't. And I think this is like an interesting parallel for a lot of things in business too, right? That it's like, you're very happy where you are. So it's not like you're unhappy where you are and it makes moving easy. And I think sometimes that happens in business where like, when you're really unhappy with how your business looks, it's easier to make moves when everything feels really good. Sometimes it's a little bit harder to make those big decisions. So something that I think is really important here is how challenging it can feel sometimes to make big decisions when things feel really good, right? I think sometimes it's easier, like, you know, say you like hated the job you were in and it's so easy to make the decision to start the business sometimes, right? Because it's like, this thing is so bad. This other thing seems so good. It feels like a no brainer. But sometimes as you go on in business and in life and a lot is feeling good, it can be so much harder to make decisions, right? Like the decision Sabrina is wrestling with here about moving, like it's big. It brings all of her values into question, right? It really creates a situation where she's not leaving something that doesn't feel good, you know, and that can be super challenging. And so I just want to name that because I think that sometimes it feels like that's a bit of a champagne problem, but I do think it's quite real. I personally experienced this when I was thinking about creating Datable with Jen, right? It's like nothing was wrong in my business. Everything felt so good at a lit up life. Like it wasn't like I was like, Ooh, I want to seek out something else. And so it felt like a really big decision to make because I wasn't like, I'm unhappy in my current business. And so I want to make this move, right? It was like, everything is so good. And do I still want to make this change? So just wanting to name how much more challenging that can feel sometimes and how it's really helpful to say that because feel like sometimes further along in our business, when decisions get more challenging like this, we can really kind of make ourselves wrong. And we're like, oh my gosh, did I just get like indecisive all of a sudden? Like it used to be so much easier for me, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes it is more challenging because you're not making a decision from like, this thing sucks and I'm going to a better thing, right? So Sabrina is obviously talking about that through the lens of a move, but I think in business, this is so, so relevant too. And so just a little permission there if it feels challenging because it really can be at that stage and just being able to talk it through, process it, look at your values, really lean into that, I think is so relevant here, but also lean into that North Star. What do you want most? What's the point of this? What are you getting out of it? Does this actually align to what you most desire? Those are really important questions. I'm sure we will keep exploring those together, but I think just knowing that it's okay if that feels challenging and there still is a way forward is really useful. Yeah. I mean, I recently described America as a failed state, so I'm definitely not looking forward to this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I'm so excited to trade in my $3 lattes and free healthcare and green space and no guns for some AR-15s, $8 lattes and, you know, GMOs and crap and yeah, hundred million dollar medical debt. If you come to Florida, like you don't even have to have a permit to carry a gun anymore. So you could just be packing the whole time. Seems real safe and smart. 
Yeah. Try to ban abortions by six weeks. And, you know, they love freedom so much, which is why they're punishing Disney for expressing their freedom of speech and what they thought about a potential state legislative bill. But yeah, can't wait. Yeehaw. Get me a gun and a cow. Obviously a cow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But upsides are what? Upsides are the people and literally nothing else. Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A and the people, but even Chick-fil-A has some issues. You know, you do love a Chick-fil-A sauce though. Mm, I know, but you can find recipes and make it online. This is true. Mm. But yeah, so Chick-fil-A and the people, that's literally it. Worth it? Yeah. Mm. Did you know that people pay like $8 for a Stanley cup? That's like how crazy Americans are. Wait, they pay what? Like $80 for a Stanley cup. Like apparently they sell for 45, but like bitches are crazy. And like, they try and collect them all like Pokemon. So they like, yeah, totally. That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, I do like my Stanley Cup, but I don't need dollar like it. <laughs> wow. Of course you have one. You <laughs> see. Hello. When you're breastfeeding and you're like a freaking camel in a desert, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. That's true. But when I saw you when you were breastfeeding, you didn't have a Stanley Cup at first. That's untrue. I had it then. No, I think you had something else. I might have had a Yeti. Yeah. Which apparently Yetis are basic. Oh, are they? I'm, I'm doing yeah. a Yeti right now. I had no idea I was basic. It's a good information. Yeah. Mm. Apparently they're like the fake Stanley. So people are like, boo, Yeti. Except mm. Yeti is the only thing they sell in the UK, but now the Stanleys are coming in like a week and everyone's getting so excited. And like, I'm so not just Yeah. Scottish okay, people. Well, you got to get a gun, a cow and a Stanley if you move to Florida. Yeah. I'll go be a Utah mom. <laughs> That's your vibe. I think so. Okay. Yeah. So the people, is that enough of an upside for you? Um, I mean, it's going to have to be actually now, the more that I think about this, people who live in Utah are like really susceptible to signing up for cults. So like, maybe that would work really well for me. <laughs> Background as I always tell Sabrina in another life, she could have been a cult leader. Yeah. Yeah. Not this life. Cause we don't do that shit. Mm. I mean, not yet. It's for when you're like 65 or something. No, 45. Okay. Watch this space. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. Okay. What do you think? What's the ultimate question you have to answer to decide what you want to do here? I mean, I think it would be great if I had a crystal ball and could look into my future and figure out if I would feel sad if I like lived away for, you know, the next 10, 20 years. Yeah. Do you feel sad about it right now? Well, I think it's really difficult because if I am going to have children, like it's really hard to explain to them that like we used to live in a country where there were no guns or like there's obviously like hunting rifles and shit, but like there are no mass shootings here and they have to do active shooter drills and they're going to take on a ton of student debt or I'm going to pay for it myself. But also I'm not really sure I morally feel great about paying $200,000 for a child to get a college education because all of that money goes to administrative fees. It doesn't actually go to teachers. Yeah, there's a bunch of crap in their food. I have to explain to my teenage daughter as she gets older that people are gonna yell at her if she ever wants to get an abortion or if she ever wants to get contraceptives. Um, just, yeah, I don't know. That's where it's like conflicting. Cause like as a parent, would I want my kid to grow up in the United States? Definitely not. But the well, fact like is that's where their grandparents are. Yeah, it's like, yeah. is the value of being by grandparents. Yeah, I mean, other values that are really important to you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people on the podcast know this, but like I was born in Germany. Like my parents are European. My dad left Germany when he was 29 years old, 30 years old. My mom is American, but she moved to Germany when she was six and she left when she was 28. So her entire value system is influenced by that. My stepdad is from Spain. Like everyone in my family, just culturally, our mindset is very liberal and very European and yeah, I don't know. And like the whole freedom thing, like America's so free. No, it's fucking not. Like freedoms are getting smashed down all the time. So yeah, it's just, it's really difficult. Cause like the whole point of immigration is like, you want a better life for your family. Totally. You know? So I think that's just where it's really challenging is I think it would be good in many ways for the family relationships, but then so bad in so many other ways. I think what's really hard for you too, is that it would be hard not to be focused on those things a little bit, you know what I mean? Or to not feel like that was like 
a constant thought. Mm. But that's what's also annoying is people tell me they're like, oh, like you're rich. Like you don't really have to worry about that. Like you can send your kids to private school. And it's like, but how fucked up is it that it's only safe to be an American if you're rich? Yeah. You know, like you're wealthy. Great. You can fly, you know, to get an abortion. You're wealthy. You can put your kids in good schools. You're wealthy. You can pay if you have a medical accident. Like, what does that say about us as a society? Totally. You know, like my housekeeper's been going through a bunch of health stuff and it's like amazing how many doctor's appointments she's been to and she hasn't had to pay for a single one of them. Yeah. You know, and like, imagine if she was like worried about that, that she like didn't get an appointment because she was worried about paying for it. So what about the converse of that of like, you're wealthy, so travel to see the grandparents as often as you want? Well, that's what I'm trying to do. But then as my parents get older and as family gets older, that's when it just becomes, I feel like a bit tougher when you feel like people around you really need you right now, which is what I'm feeling is like my family. And in some ways I do feel like the head of the family in many ways, you know, cause like I'm the one who makes sure everyone sees each other. I'm the one who you know, helps out with organizing so much stuff. I'm the one who like really pushes for a lot of that crap. So in some ways I appreciate that the baton has been passed to me, you know, from my mom to me. I think she still thinks she's in charge, but she's really not. Sorry, mom. Um, (laughs) Virginia. (laughs) That's just like hashtag facts. You know, like I live in Scotland and I see my mom more than any other of her children. And they live in the United States. She sees them like once a year and I see her like six times a year. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think it can be done. But yeah, it's just tough to balance, I think. Very tough. Feels like you're having a lot of weight on your shoulders around it too. It's not like a, just a decision for you. It's like a weighted decision for a lot of other things, like what it means for your parents, what it means for your kids and kind of being like torn between those two. Yeah. And then like what it means for me, because I just don't feel fulfilled really personally in the United States. Yeah. You know, like I just like look at You've all always wanted to be out. I've always wanted to be out, but my, my grandmother was a very rad lady. She was very, very rad. She was Catholic high school girl in Little Rock, Arkansas. Then she went to school in New Orleans. She partied too much. So she had to leave. Her parents brought her home because this was like the fifties. Then she was a Kappa Kappa Gamma at the university of Arkansas. Then she went to San Francisco and became a black Panther. Crazy. Then she became a like academics. Then she was an artist's wife. Then she was some creepy guy's wife. Then she became an academic's wife. Then she married a military man. Then she spent 20 years, 25 years living in Germany. And then she came back to Little Rock, Arkansas, which is where she had always been from. And in her obituary, which my mom wrote, she put some sort of line about how, I don't know the exact quote, but how kind of like the journey of life is like you go out to see the world and then you come home, like, and you see your home with new eyes kind of for the first time, or like you appreciate it. Cause she loved her little house in Little Rock, Arkansas, but when she was young, that was the last fucking place she wanted to be. She, you know, apparently, which is crazy, her roommate was Janis Joplin. Oh, cool. Like, what a vibe is that? But just like, she did all sorts of crazy shit, like go-go boots and like, you know, shimmery dresses and getting into trouble. And she told me this story about there's some sort of like voodoo queen in New Orleans and she like spent the night at her grave. Like she was just a terror, an absolute fucking terror. And then she just comes home and she's a little lady in Little Rock living in her little house that she loves, you know? So now I'm wondering, like, is that what's happening here? But also Joni got up to a lot more cool shit, you know? Like she, she was yeah. pretty rad to like into her life. And then she came home, you know, I'm like 28, almost 29 feels a bit young to come home and, you know, put me out to pasture. I also feel like you've been kind of toying with craving like a lot more travel before, yeah. You kind of like make those next steps too. So maybe that's like a starting point is to be like, how can you go fuck up some shit and have a little fun and like have some more of those experiences that you've been wanting before you have to make that decision. Yeah. So basically I need to cram like 20 years of life into like 18 months. Okay. So cult leader. Then go from that to like join the military. Okay. Actually, no, that sounds really lame what do I want to do with my life in the next 18 months? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's all going to work out the way it's meant to. It Maybe always that's does. a great journaling prompt. What do I want to do with my life for the next 18 months? Yeah. That's a lame ass question. My therapist is like, what, who do you want to be in 10 years? Who do you want to be in 20 years? Who do you want to be in 30 years? I actually don't like any of these questions. Okay. That doesn't mean you know, I don't answer them. 
Well, Ramdas said that we have to be here now. So I think I'm just going to focus on being here now. Mm-hmm. I see you answer the journal questions. Yeah, I'll think about it. If I send them to base camp, you basically have to. Mm-hmm. How that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll consider that. Mm-hmm. Just like mark it complete. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> I check. But I think in all seriousness, I actually think that's really valuable to think about because I think that to a certain extent, that would make some of the decisions that come after that a little bit easier to feel like you're knowing what you want next and getting some of those needs met. And I honestly think like you're doing so great and you're showing up so fully without that North star right now. Like what would it look like to have that? God always laughs at your plans anyway. So who really needs them? You know what I mean? No, I also know that you don't really think that. So I definitely did not expect when I was a little girl that this is where I would be. So he has laughed at my plans many a times. I think that's true, but I also think that you are where you are because you've made really clear plans and gone after them. Yes, but I've also been extremely impulsive with my plans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like, why don't I just like move to Bali? Why don't I just like start a business? Yeah, but like those have worked out for you. Why can't you trust some of your like excited, impulsive energy a little bit right now? No, I can be impulsive, but I don't want to plan. I feel like 10 years out. No, I said 18 months. Mm-hmm. Lame. Not a big request. Lamb potato. Yeah. Well, I have a 30 before 30 list. So doesn't that count as 18 months? No. That's at least 12 months. But is it like I'm I'm like actively doing and checking these things off right now? Or is yes, it like I am. I am actively working on these things. I am. You're wrong. I'm right. Okay. I would love some evidence of that. You want to share that with me later? Yeah. Well, I mean, it hasn't started yet because I'm not 29 yet. Exactly. So you're not working in the ass. Whatever. Okay. So can we at least decide for the next 18 months or 12 months you're checking off the list? Oh, yeah. No, I feel I feel good about that. I'm waiting for Paul to come home because the kind of initial ones we're going to kick off with are like going to the Isle of Sky and doing like a road trip around Scotland with the dog. So that will be check one, check two. Are these things, you know, could you start planning them? I'm going to start planning them. Okay. I picked some like really cool ones. Like I'm going to eat waffles in Belgium, you know, Belgian waffles. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, I think that could be a good takeaway, right? Like, I think you have a lot of big decisions to make, but I also think that you have like a lot of life you want to live and fun you want to have, which is why your grandmother comes up for you so much there. And I think it would be great for you to give yourself that. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll like plan something starting this week? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I believe you. I think you should. Okay. I love you. I'm proud of you. Mm. Love you. Bye. Show me your baby. <laughs> bye. All right, guys, and that's a wrap on our coaching for season seven. I know we're leaving you at a bit of a cliffhanger here, but obviously one of the pieces of sharing Sabrina's journey is that there is no wrap up. There is no next thing. Like we've been coaching together for years and we'll continue doing that. And so this is where we leave you. I will say that we have a bit of a surprise for you. So listen to the wrap up episode for us to share a little bit more about that. I think you guys will be quite excited about it, but yeah, this, this is kind of where we're going to leave off for this season and just, you know, remember that this is sort of the point, like this is why it was so important to share this season in this way is because we're not going to wrap it in a perfect bow. It's not going to end on this like really final note, which business life coaching does not. Right. And I hope that's an important takeaway from this is this is where we do need ongoing support for a long time. This is where we're never going to get to that point where everything is just perfect. And we sail off into the sunset, no matter how great our life is, how much money we're making. And it was never going to kind of feel like the right time to wrap because it's always in flux and it's always in motion. So we really appreciate you guys listening to this season. So excited to share with you what's coming next what you guys can look forward to. Really excited to get super real with you and share a bit more in the wrap up about how this season was really challenging in many ways. Personally, I you know thought about ending it at a couple points and so um, wanting to be transparent about that and share more with you there. So we'd love for you to join us in the wrap up. We'd love to have you go give Sabrina some love. I think this has been 
such, such a brave, brave thing for her to share. I think most, if not anyone at her level would really lean into doing this. So give Sabrina some love, listen to the wrap up, and thank you guys so much for being part of season seven with us. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you're going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.